Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I wasn't able to see at the beginning when Nichananda Prabhu asked if anyone is here for the first time. Is anyone here for the first time tonight? I think he meant, saw some hands go up. Hare Krishna. Oh, there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. We were just discussing the upcoming festival of joy that's going to happen on Saturday, March 28th. So it's getting a little close. Um, Has anyone attended this festival before? Please raise your hand if you've seen the festival before. Okay, please make sure you tell someone about it. If you had a good time, if you didn't, don't mention it. Okay, just making sure everybody's awake. We generally speak at the Sunday program on the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is the, uh, would be the Hare Krishna version of the Bible. We use this book as a holy book. It's a holy book for us. And it's spoken directly by the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna to his friend and devotee Arjuna. This Bhagavad Gita was spoken, and I always like to go to the introduction. I bring this up many times on the Sunday program, because the idea of Bhagavad Gita is described in the introduction. I actually have this on my Hare Krishna Swami business card, a few of these sentences. So Srila Prabhupada, in the introduction, he asks, just what is Bhagavad Gita? Just what is Bhagavad Gita? So he goes to explain that the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita is to deliver mankind from the nations of material existence. A very interesting way to answer the question a lot of people say, if you say, what is the Bhagavad Gita? Someone may say it's a book. Someone may say it's a holy book. Someone may say it's a discussion. But Srila Prabhupada goes in and describes what is the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita, which is the essence of spiritual knowledge is to understand the purpose. This leads us into a little bit of what is our purpose as human beings in this world. What is our purpose? Why are we here? What are we meant to do? And how were we meant to achieve that? So the first sentence is described that the Bhagavad Gita, the purpose of the Gita is to deliver mankind from the nations of material existence. I've broke this down many times that to deliver mankind. In other words, just like if you're in a place and you need to get to someplace else, you have to be delivered. So in the same way, if we have to be delivered, to deliver mankind from one place to the next means we're in the wrong place. Now we need to get to the right place. And it's described that that that, that mistaken place is the nescience of material existence. In other words, the ignorance that we find ourselves in in this material world. 
most people, as Srila Prabhupada spoke one time in London, England, I think it's called Conway Hall. It's on the introduction to the book Sri Isha Upanishad, where Srila Prabhupada explains that if you ask an ordinary person on the street, who are you? They'll only give something based on the bodily designation. It'll only be based on whatever material ID or identification that they're relating to at the particular moment. <clears throat> I was just teasing some of the little kids over here. We always say the what's called Prima Dwani prayers. And then at the end we say Ki Jai, or, or Glories, right? Or Glories. So I was tapping each one of the little kids on the head as we said Jai, and Jai, and Jai, and teasing them a little bit. But I remember identifying when I was that age, they were about, they were about five or six maybe. And I remember being five or six and identifying with that five or six year old body. I remember identifying with the teenage body, just about ready to go to college. I remember identifying being in college. I remember identifying being in the workplace, although that wasn't a very good identification. That was kind of a tough one. Working for the United States government. No comment. Okay. At least I'm just checking to see if you're awake, because if I say that comment, some people will wake up. So, and now I identify, just like right now I'm identifying as being cold. So I'm going to put my jacket on. And we're identifying ourselves in so many ways over periods of time. Midtime? Something's got me. I think I'm in the hook fish at the end of the hook. And so we identify ourselves in different ways. <clears throat> so that's the, that's the problem in the material world. We misidentify ourselves as something that we're not. And so the need to be delivered from the nescience of material existence. Because our, our, I'll just continue to read that everyone is in difficulty in so many ways. Every single one of us is in difficulties in so many ways. This weekend I had the good fortune to do a few home programs where we were discussing Bhagavad Gita and different topics. And I had just read in a commentary in this Bhagavad Gita about a week or so ago where Srila Prabhupada, when we say Srila Prabhupada, we mean the founder of our society for those who are new. We have a statue or what we call Murti of him sitting on the on the asana, uh, the head teacher of our society. And so in the commentary, he was, says that, that when one gets the material body, they learn how to learn how, or they discover the different difficulties of suffering and enjoyment. And I found it very interesting that Prabhupada had said the difficulties of suffering and the difficulties of enjoyment. They connected those two points together the difficulties of suffering and the difficulties of enjoyment. Anybody identify with difficulties of suffering? Anybody identify with difficulties of suffering? Huh? I'm seeing a few heads go like this. Okay. Does anybody identify with the difficulties of enjoying? Anybody have some difficulty? I mean, we not, not that we're trying to enjoy, we're having a difficult time getting there. But when we're actually experiencing an enjoyable experience, does anybody find that difficult? 
The nature is we won't find that difficult. When we, when we find ourselves in the position of enjoying on the material level, we just become absorbed in that. We don't understand it as a difficult position. Yet in the Gita, in the fifth chapter, as we were discussing this week, and there's a nice verse, that a person who is a little intelligent doesn't take the, the senses and engage them in the sense object. One who is a little intelligent does not engage the sense in the sense object because he sees that engagement as a source of misery. Now, if I were to tell you that, okay, we're going to engage in our senses in in sense gratification. We're going to give you something nice to eat, something nice to see, your favorite kind of music, whatever it may be, or your favorite type of, whatever it may be. And see it as a source of misery. Now, how, would, how is the sense of enjoyment a, a source of misery? This takes a little bit of depth of understanding. And that depth of understanding is given in the pages of the Bhagavad Gita. In that when one is engaged when one engages their senses in the object of the sense and experiences some pleasure, the intelligent person knows that if I'm experiencing this pleasure, I'll become attached to this pleasure. And if I become attached to the particular pleasures of the material world, then I'll have to take repeated birth and death within this material world. That attachment to this material energy, that attachment to those things which we identify with, those things that we consider ours or those things which we, that we possess. We become very attached to them. And in that attached situation, we become conscious of them. And our consciousness leads us to our next life. This is given in the eighth chapter of the Gita. Yam yam vapish smaram bhavam chagyat ante kalevaram. Yam yam vapish smaram. Whatever one remembers. Smaram. Whatever we remember at the time of death, to that state we attain without fail. This is the, the what would you say, the process of reincarnation. This is how it works. Our desires carry us from this body to the next body. So whatever we think of, that is our desire. Our desires, they manifest in our consciousness. So our consciousness carries us to the next existence. So when one who gains a little spiritual knowledge, has the ability to, dis- to discriminate. Nowadays, discriminate, to say if I am, a, uh, if I am discriminating, it kind of sounds like a bad thing. A bad person was a discriminatory person, right? Uh, don't know discrimination. And that's given in the Gita also. That's known as samadarshana. That the person who has equal vision, he doesn't ba- the person does not base his vision upon an outward dress. We base the vision on the internal aspect of each and, each and every individual living entity. Just like this young man is dressed in orange. I think that's black or blue. Black? Black jacket? Dark blue? Green? Pink? Blue and white? So if I identify him as Mr. Orange, Mr. Blue, Mr. Pink, Mr. Green, that's just the dress. That's just identifying them as the dress. Behind that is a person, the body. But within the, the body is also considered to be a dress. That the body is simply like a dress. And when the clothes become old and worn, we discard them, we get new ones. 
So behind this physical bodily dress, there's a spirit soul. And the person who is samadarshana, who does not see with discrimination. It's not that we lose our ability to discriminate. We're not going to go and slap a tiger in the face just because we see the soul inside the tiger's body. We understand that tiger's a tiger. I mean, we understand that the living entity, the soul in that tiger's body, is residing in that tiger's body, and we have information of how tigers react when you give them a slap. Uh, it's not good. Right? So, but we don't identify, we don't, we don't, we, we, we are non-discriminatory. Every living entity is, is residing within a particular body according to their previous actions. So whatever we desire in this lifetime, we're going to be, it's going to be uh, at the forefront of our consciousness, and that consciousness will take us to our next existence. This is called the process of reincarnation, or the transmigration of the soul from one body to another. In Sanskrit, it's called samsara. Would you like to hear an interesting story? I've told this story before about samsara. Has anybody heard the story about samsara? I'm on the airplane which is like 90% of my life, practically, for a while. And so, I see the, what do you call it, airline magazine. And I open it up, and there's a woman, a, a women's or woman? Women's perfume. And the name of the perfume is samsara. Samsara means the repetition of birth and death. And it's like a circle. And the lady was holding the bottle like this, as if you're going, like you're rotating and it was like a lot of subliminal information. What do they call that? Subliminal advertising? I think they have a little bit of a restriction on it now. I still, I did study that a little bit many, many, many decades ago. So I can identify all the illicit things on the billboards when we drive from here to, uh, where do I go? Frisco or Allen or something like that. We drive from here to Dallas, from Dallas to Houston. Actually, the best trip I ever had from Houston to Dallas is when I had a pinched sciatic nerve and I had to lay down in the car and I didn't see any of the billboards. That was actually the best trip I ever had. Water. And so, we're getting back. I want to come back to this. I think it's over here. No. The, 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 the verse I was reading, that the purpose of Bhagavad Gita is to deliver mankind from the nations of material existence. So the, the purpose of the Gita is to give us knowledge, is to give us purpose, to give us understanding of our, of our actual position. Our actual position is Maimai Vangso, Jiva Loka, Jiva Bhuta Sanatana. We're all eternal parts and parcels of Krishna eternally. And we have an eternal relationship with God. And that eternal relationship now is just being masked or filtered through this material body, this material body is made out of modes of material nature. And it's filtered through our consciousness. Our original pure consciousness is now just being filtered through this material garment called the material body. So everyone is in difficulty in so many ways. As Arjuna was in difficulty to fight the battle of Kurukshetra. The, the, when Arjuna found himself in difficulty... It's described here, Arjuna surrendered unto Krishna, and consequently the Bhagavad Gita was spoken. So again, the Bhagavad Gita is spoken for us to be delivered from the nations of this material existence. So the, inter the nice one here, not only Arjuna, but every one of us is full of anxieties because of material existence. Every one of us is in material anxiety. 
one way or the other. I was listening to, I have a, when going back and forth to the chiropractor this week, I was listening to a lecture and Srila Prabhupada said, the bird is eating, the bird is, the little bird is using his nose, is it his nose or beak? Beak. To go, I guess they breathe through that too, I don't know. Anyway, the, the bird is going like this and then looking around and like this and looking around because the bird is always anxious. Where's the cat? Where's the cat? Where is he at? The cat's going to get me or something's going to get me. And we also, whenever, if we hear some unusual noise or some unusual something happens, we all, the first, the first response is fear. We have a fear of dying. We have a fear of our material, uh, existence. So, Prabhupada is explaining here that every one of us is full of anxiety at every moment. And the reason is, is that our very existence is in the atmosphere of non-existence. And this is the line that's on my business card, produced by a very wonderful young graphic design student at the University of Dallas. Right? Designed my card for me. So, on the, on the back it says, our very existence is in the atmosphere of non-existence. Can anyone explain to me what that means? Our very existence is in the atmosphere of non-existence. Sorry? Illusory, yeah. In other words, our existence, in other words, right now we're residing, our existence right now is in a place of non-existence. In other words, we can't exist here permanently. It's a place of non-existence. at all the times. The Gita explains this, that on the material level, it's always changing. Nasato vijite bhavo, na bhavo vitide sataha. That that which is material is temporary. And that which is spiritual is eternal. But now our, our existence, even though we are eternal as spirit souls, now we're confined to this material body, which is temporary. The material body goes undergoes six different changes. Now, let me see if I can remember them all. And if I can't, somebody help me, okay? It takes birth. It grows. It remains for some time. It produces some byproducts. I think I'm going to get it. It begins to dwindle and finally it vanishes. That's the nature of the material body. It takes birth. It grows. It remains for some time. Produces some byproducts begins to dwindle, and then we have to leave. We have to exit this material world. And so that's, that's how we're, our existence is in the atmosphere of non-existence. Because we're not, as, a, as this um, a purport will say, our very existence is in the atmosphere of non-existence, but actually we're not meant to be threatened by non-existence because our existence, our spirit, us as spirit soul, our existence is eternal. We have a certain qualification or a certain quality as spirit soul. Sat, chit, ananda. We are eternal, full of knowledge and full of happiness. And then bigraha. We have spiritual form in which we can re, what would you say, reciprocate with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. And when we say Krishna, we don't, we're not, it's not a sectarian name of God, it just means all attractive. God is obviously all attractive. We can see that. The most strength, the most beauty, the most knowledge, the most, he knows everything, the most famous. 
Everything about Krishna is great, and therefore he's known as attractive. Just like of a very beautiful or handsome, I guess you say beautiful for the feminine and handsome for the gents. A very beautiful lady or handsome man who comes walking in, everybody, everybody or many will notice. If someone who is very wealthy that we recognize walks in, that's an opulence. Some famous person walks in, even some infamous person walks in, we'll recognize him, isn't it? Infamous is also a part of fame, infamous people. So these qualities are there and they attract us. So Krishna is known as the all-attractive one. Because our existence is eternal, we're not meant to be threatened by non-existence. But somehow or another, we're now trapped in non-existence. And so the Bhagavad Gita is a, is a, is a, is a what do you call it? It's a, it's a manual. It's a, it's a spiritual manual. To It's like when you buy it, just like when I, even when I got my phone, it had a manual about this thick. I should have read it. I probably know how to use my phone. But anyway, you have a real thick manual just to, just to learn how to use your phone or your computer or whatever object that we buy. It comes with the user manual. In the same way, this material world, Krishna has given us a user manual. The user manual for this material world is to understand the Bhagavad Gita and understand any scripture, any bona fide scripture is there. That to teach us how and where, who we really are, what we're meant to do, what is the purpose of our life, all these things are described within the scripture. And so we have this opportunity in the human form of life to come to this point of understanding ourselves as spirit soul and getting beyond the bodily designation. I, I think I mentioned this last week that there was a class in, in New York in 66 where Srila Prabhupada was explaining that everyone has placed a particular designation upon themselves, but it's an artificial designation. We need to get to the root cause just like a lot of times they'll say that modern medicine just deals with the symptoms of the disease. It doesn't deal with the cause of the disease. So we need to get to the cause of the disease. And that is our forgetfulness of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Our rebelliousness of the, for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Trying to ignore our eternal relationship with Him. And coming back in touch with our true spiritual identity. And that is given through this teaching of Bhagavad Gita and Krishna consciousness. So that's the short message for tonight. Prior to the um, next thing, I always like to leave a little time in case there's some questions or comments that we would like to discuss on this idea. Did anybody get something from this? There was a very little, uh, small paragraph, couple of sentences that our existence is in the atmosphere of non-existence we're not meant to be threatened by non-existence. The material, the Bhagavad Gita, is that which is meant to deliver us from the nations of material existence. Anybody understand anything? Anybody get something from this? Please show me. Please explain to me. Or if you have a question on this, please let me know. Any question? Anybody have, did anybody understand? Two people. Okay. Dharma, you understood. Good. Yes. Okay. Understanding or question? Something? Some question or some understanding? Understanding. Krishna tells Arjuna 
The material world is very difficult. The material energy, very difficult to overcome. And he goes on to explain later in the Gita that if we can just be conscious of Krishna, be conscious of the Lord, with that consciousness, we're able to cross over all material obstacles. Anyone here ever experience a material obstacle? Hmm? When we normally come in contact with material obstacles, what do we try to do? We come up with a material solution, isn't it? We all, that, it's almost like a gut reaction. It's like a gut reaction because we're so conditioned in this material environment, this material uh, energy, that whenever we come across some type of material struggle, be it whatever it is, health or relationship or working or whatever, it, there, I mean, and you take a look at any aspect of our life, there's so many difficulties. And the, and the first reaction is that we try to come up with some material solution. But the problem isn't the, the, Dow, the Dow Jones going up. It's not that she loves me, she loves me not. She lo- That's not the problem. The problem is spiritual. And therefore, it has a spiritual solution. We keep trying to solve the problems that we're experiencing because we're misidentifying ourselves as a material body is that that we have to we have to understand our spiritual existence and to get out of the material difficulties and if we become conscious of krishna he says you can cross over all the obstacles of material existence by the grace of krishna the problem is we don't want to hear this is the problem we don't want to hear we'd rather hear a material solution we'd rather place our our wager on, on the material energy, on the material understanding. But the material understanding, the material understanding is always changing. It's not a steady, it's not a steady understanding. We, you, if anyone who reads the news, and everyone I'm sure reads a little bit, they come up with different solutions. Uh, Srila Prabhupada explains the planning commission the planning commission is always coming up with a new plan to do this or to do that. But it, all it does is create a new problem. I've given this example before. Previously in the large cities in America, before they had automobiles, they had a pollution problem. It was called road apples. Anybody ever hear road apples before? <laughs> road apples are those things that came out of the polluted pollution part of the horse. Right? And they were dropping them on the streets. And so there became a road apple problem. So somebody invented the car. Now we got an air pollution problem, not a road apple problem. So you, you make one solution. A material, there's a material problem, road apples on the road. That's a really a problem, I can tell you. And the solution is you invent a car. And now we can't breathe. We have some friends. We work, we work in India, Delhi. Sometimes I have a lot of friends that are working in Delhi and living in Delhi. I have some people that are working in China, like Beijing and different places. And we always text each other. What does your phone say? The uh, what is what is it? What is, what is it called? 
Air quality, yeah. Air, air quality, yeah. Air quality, what does it say? Yeah, air quality index, excuse me, air quality index. Dallas right now is 40, that's good. On New Delhi one day it was 750. That means don't go outside. That's like smoking 50, pack, 50 cigarettes per day going out, just breathing in the air in Delhi. What was the record in Beijing? 600 and something, remember we were... We all had we gas masks and with the with the canisters on them, trying to walk through the city. So we, with all of our material knowledge, all of our material efforts, all we're doing is creating new material problems that we have to solve. And then again, we solve them by material solutions, and we're not getting to the core of the disease. And so, Krishna consciousness is the core. It's a spiritual solution because the problem isn't material; the problem is spiritual. It's a lack of God consciousness. And this is how Srila Prabhupada's teacher convinced him to come to America. He said the problem, because Prabhupada argued with his, with his teacher when he first met him. He said, who is going to listen to this message of Bhagavad Gita, this message of Lord Chaitanya, when India isn't, doesn't have their own independence? This was before the independ, independence. This was during the Gandhi movement of India. And Prabhupada said, who is going to listen to us? We don't even have independence. Who wants to listen to us? And his spiritual master said, this is bigger than us and them. This is bigger than our material independence. This is bigger than that. This is spiritual independence. Spiritual independence means acknowledging our true and 100% dependence on the grace of the Supreme Lord. Because without the Supreme Lord, we cannot exist. We can, he, he's giving us the, the, the light, the water, the, everything is coming from Krishna. Everything is coming from Krishna. So that's the bigger picture. The bigger picture is to find the spiritual solution and to engage oneself in the spiritual practices that can er, eradicate or extricate one from this material existence. So any questions or comments? If not, we'll... Call it night. Any questions? That means everybody agrees with me? Huh? The Vangla's heard this story. Oh, I usually don't make mention people's names. One time I gave a class in um, Rawlings College in, in uh, it's, it's part of Orlando. What is it? Winter Park. It's like one of these very expensive private schools. You've got to be very rich to go to that school. And so the, the professor of philosophy and religion was a very, very wonderful man, nice Jewish man, and quite religious. And um, he used to invite us to give classes on the introduction, uh, uh, what is it called, world, world religions or introduction, introductions to world religions. And we would just give a little explanation of Krishna consciousness, the practices of Krishna consciousness, the rules and regulations of Krishna consciousness. So one day I had to give a class. It was a Monday at 8 o'clock in the morning. Anybody, everybody, anybody here ever go to college and remember Monday morning at 8 o'clock? I mean, it's pretty much not a, a non-existent time of the day. And so I gave the class and then I, there was no questions. So I said, okay. I had one assistant with me. I said, okay, get my hair cutters out. We'll just shave all the people. We'll just shave everybody up and give them a Hare Krishna haircut. Right? If everybody believes me, then there's no questions about what I'm saying. There's no doubts that you think everything I'm saying is correct. 
And then, then a few hands went up. <laughs> I told them, you don't have to, really don't have to shave your head. All you have to do is shave your heart. The heart is full of contamination. The heart is full of unwanted things. And so the buzzer or the clippers for that is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare. So the question is, is that if we've heard that we need to cross over the ocean of material nations and we want to do that, so how do we... We're going to meet many challenges along the way. It's a pro, it's just like that verse, Machitasavadurgani. I quoted 58 verse, I think, from the 18th chapter. If you become conscious of Krishna, we can cross over all the obstacles. If we try to do it on our own, with our own ability, we cannot do. We need we need to have our we need the grace of the grace of the Lord. So there's a way to get that, and that is to simply hear. We hear, and we can understand. The more we hear, the more we understand. The, the nature of this material world and the nature of our material existence and the nature of that which we want to achieve on a spiritual level, we can do that. Thank you all for coming. Hare Krishna. Thank you. There are many obstacles, but don't worry, we can cross them all. Thank you all very much. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna.